0: Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt, and you're listening to the Morning Side Hug, completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian. We are a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com, and on today's show, we're going to talk about how Easter was not canceled. And we're going to dive into a deeper topic, looking at three truths about the message of this moment, Easter and the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, so yesterday, yesterday was Easter Sunday, everybody, and uh, despite a few nervous hiccups around the around the country and, and the world, uh, I believe Easter was a success for most churches, uh, though I would dare say very few actually met in any kind of in-person service. Uh, I know there were a lot of churches that were doing the, the drive-in thing, which was really neat. Uh, but most churches I think have have been able to work out an online presence a live stream and uh, even those churches that are kind of rural and and don't really have uh, you know a whole lot of technologically forward people in it they've they've had several weeks now to get used to. What needs to be done to get this? So I think there were more live streams than ever this past Sunday, and uh, I was proud to be a part of ours. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit more about churches, you know, canceling their services, and more and more places kind of forcing. Churches to do that. We'll talk about that a little bit in the second hour. We're not going to dive too deep, because as you might have noticed, uh, Mo is not here. Uh, we are practicing our social distancing as well, and and I do have a cough, uh, <coughs> and you'll probably hear it. Of course, I'm going to cough as soon as I say it. You're probably going to hear it in the show a lot. Um, it's it's not it's not coronavirus. I have a, a very uh wet gross cough and it's it's the same cold i get every single year might turn into bronchitis uh I, but i don't have any fever i don't have any of the other possible symptoms of coronavirus so don't worry guys i'm fine but that being the case we still are are uh, going to kind of take a break from most of our live shows so for this week i'm just doing a kind of shortened live show today with just me And then the rest of the days this week, we're going to do a best of Matt and Mo, where uh, I'm reaching back to some of our classic episodes of the Back Row Morning Show and uh, pulling out some of our best discussions and bits. Uh, And that's a way to kind of advertise the fact that we have now added our entire back catalog of morning shows from the very first one in August of 2018 here on BackRowRadio.com. So every single one of our shows, except for most of the Throwback Thursdays, those are still reserved for our Patreon donors. But uh, most of our shows on there, over there's over 200 now in total. So you got plenty of stuff to listen to, but in case you don't want to go back, <coughs> gracious pardon me, in case you don't want to go back and listen to all of those, we'll pull out some of the best stuff for you and let you relive those this week on the uh, radio station and in the podcast as well. And one of the cool things I got to do this week was uh, it's kind of how I work. Whenever I come up with a cool idea, it's usually very last minute, very spur of the moment. And uh, I usually am able to pull it off, thank- thankfully, because God has gifted me with with uh, a few talents that I'm very grateful for. And so it was it was, what was it, Thursday night. It was Thursday night. I was up at the church having just done our Celebrate Recovery live stream and I was doing what little janitor work I need to do when we don't have people coming every week. And I was listening to Back Row Radio and the song Love Is Here by Tenth Avenue North came on. And as I heard that song, especially the chorus, it hit me just how powerful that song is around this time. And so I had an idea and I am, as soon as that song was over, I immediately went live on our Facebook page at our church and sent out the request for as many members of our church present or past to record themselves and their family singing the chorus to love is here. So I could use that to put together a really cool music video project. For Easter Sunday. And when I made that request, I still had no idea what it was going to look like. I still had no idea what the finished product was going to be. I had no idea what I'd be filling the rest of that music video with. I just knew that that was going to need to be an element. I needed a social distancing webcam presence of our church members, letting them know that even though we're apart, we can worship apart together. That was the crux. This video was supposed to both relay how, how committed and yet difficult uh, of a time that we're having as, as ministry leaders, as staff, where we get so excited to come on, on Sundays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and, and bring these messages and meet with people and pray over people directly and, and shake hands, hug necks, all that, and now we can't do that. And so this message, this video was to relay how we're trying our best, but we miss you. And we know that you're hurting too, that you're missing church too, you're missing this this interaction, this fellowship. It's really becoming clear what the Bible was talking about when it said that we're supposed to be meeting together, that we're supposed to be confessing sins to each other, that we're supposed to be building each other up. That, you know, uh, uh, where two or more gathered, you know, all that, what all that really meant. Because when that dries up, you realize how much you really relied on it. And so that's what we did. I got my, I convinced my uh, ministry staff to help me out, film this video. And then I wound up actually recording new lyrics to Love is Here. I redid the verses pardon me again, I redid the verses, but I kept the chorus the same, but, uh, I recorded it under my, my, uh, my pseudonym, uh, White Lantern, and, uh, goodness gracious, everybody's trying to message me right now, uh, and didn't put this video together, I was up late into the night, Saturday night, about 2 a.m., putting this thing together, and, uh, it came together beautifully, we put it on, uh, on, uh, social media right after our easter service live stream and uh it was it's i believe it's very touching and it really gives the sense of hope the sense of community and letting people know that we're excited for when we can get back to a kind of normal routine again and so this morning i want to share with you that song so this is the uh cover version kind of semi cover version of Love Is Here by 10th Avenue North, re-recorded by me.
2: Here come Sunday morning, get dressed like we got somewhere to go. Lights, camera, action, live streams up And it's time to start the show We give it our all, we sing and preach to an empty room And this distance has got us feeling like the bride has left the groom But when we get low, we need to let it go Cause there's no need to wait. We will worship, we will praise Him Even for today,
1: love is here.
2: But to close the church doors And float between the streams And fear grips the heart of the family That is torn right at the seams What a day it will be When these doors open up again yeah. And we fight to lay it in God's hands And hold on until then When we will join hands Surrounded by friends have n't survived this weather. Until that day comes, this is our anthem. We worship apart together. Love is
1: here. Love is now. Love is pouring from his hands, from his brow. Love is.
2: His hands from his brow.
1: Love is near, it satisfies. Streams of mercy flow.
0: That was the COVID-19 social distancing uh, version of Love Is Here. Uh, a cover of 10th Avenue North's original song by White Lantern, which is my my performance name, I guess is what you would call it. Uh, don't want to call it a stage name because I've never really been on stage as a performer. Uh, but uh, to really capture the whole message of that song because see the song itself is great and it's it's generic enough that it could really apply to any church but to really capture what we were going for i'd encourage you to go watch the video we did post it on our uh our twitter page so go to to twitter.com sla- uh slash back row radio look at or look up at back row radio on twitter uh you'll find that within our recent uh, few tweets uh see the whole video <coughs> Gracious, it's bronchitis, sorry guys, um, go see the whole video, uh, we got so many of our members involved, and one of the cool things we got to do was I had actually gotten a hold of our last two pastors, so we, we were able to span the last three generations, I guess, of the pastorship here at our church and they each took a line from that soft beginning of the chorus at the very end and uh, oh, it was just a great kickoff to uh, the big second half of that chorus with all of our church members up singing it was uh, it's fantastic I'm really proud of it. I think it's one of the coolest things I've ever been able to put together, especially as a gift to my church, a love letter to the church that uh, that I have grown up in and got married in and, and raising my kids in. And uh, now we get to kind of see how strong we can be in the face of this adversity. And a lot of churches are going through this right now. And, uh, yeah, this is... This was a labor of love. And that's, that's what a lot of us ministry leaders are going through. We're going through this point where we're having to run fully on our, our love reserves to do this because it's exhausting. It's tiring. I mean, we, we spend a lot less time uh, interacting with people, a lot less time doing anything, but it's the fact that while you're, while you're working on Sunday, while you're interacting with people, while it might eventually be exhausting, it's also recharging you at the same time. You know, you physically might be getting exhausted, but spiritually you're getting supercharged. And now we're, we're kind of depleted, you know, and it's hard to social media just doesn't really have that same recharging effect uh, from the side of it. Most of the time. (coughs) Pardon me. So, that's where we're at. So, I do encourage you to go see the video. I think it'll give you a good glimpse of what a lot of ministry leaders are going through right now. And and the hope that's in our hearts. And you'll also get to see a glimpse into my personal life. And see the church that uh, I'm involved in. And a church where a lot of the production for Back Row Radio actually happens inside of. So, uh, yeah. That's what's been going on. Easter was great. Uh, in, In spite of everything. Easter was great. And someone said something, uh, I think it was Kyle Bierman from uh, Not Another Baptist Podcast, tweeted out, you know, given this situation, we might feel down that we can't go meet in the churches. But because so many churches who uh, had never done this before are now live streaming, that this is maybe the biggest Easter we've ever had as believers when it comes to getting that message out to more and more people who might not ever darken the door of a church otherwise this might be the most widespread easter message we've ever had because it's all over the internet and that's where pretty much everybody is living right now so here's hoping here's hoping that god took this ball and ran with it the way he only he can do and uh gosh i really i really hope that there are a lot of people that heard the message of christ today through this, this uh, unlikely event. It's worth it in the long run. I bet it'll be worth it. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to be back at the top of the next hour. We're going to talk about how church was not canceled. But, uh, well, it kind of going, uh, well, and things are getting bad. Things are getting a little bad. I was skeptical. You know, uh, Just stick around. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it going to be okay. We're we're okay. We're fine. Everything's going to be fine. Welcome back to the morning side hug. I'm Matt flying solo today. Mo is at home not being infected by me. Uh, I don't have the coronavirus, but I do have a, a cough. So you're probably going to hear that a lot. And I'm trying to keep it contained during the show. Uh, so today we're kind of having a kind of a light episode. but I'm talking a little bit uh, about a few things Easter related. Easter, of course, being yesterday. I think it went fantastic at my church and at most churches. Some of you churches. Okay, look, there is a, there was a a phone call (laughs) there was a phone call between several pastors in our area and I'm sure that a very similar phone call happened all over America that basically said look if uh, if your worship is not coming across clearly and, and well and on key in the live streams maybe just don't do that Maybe just don't sing. And look, I—I I mean, I'm not trying to rag anybody, cause I know everyone's trying to make a joyful noise to the Lord. But who, boy, some of y'all are rough. I mean, is it—it it can't be that these are the people that actually lead your worship every week, right? Is this got to be like the B team, cause uh, your your main guy? Doesn't want to come in the building or something. It's just, yarr, there's too many. It's like 70% of the of the live streams I've seen that have worship music. It just sounds so bad. Guys, get one person. One person who can sing on key and just do that. Just do that, guys. One person singing. One person leading simple don't try and do too many instruments without it being like plugged through a, a whole system going into your camera because it just gets muddled on the little phone setup you have on the live stream. <sighs> oh boy. But hey, churches. It's, uh, I have not been one of the big, uh, oh, how dare the government get in. Uh, Canceling
2: churches, telling churches not to meet.
0: Uh, What happened to separation of church and state? I've not been that person. But I will say things are starting to look a little worse. To the point that it's really actually starting to make me nervous. (sighs) Now, our church um, has not been meeting. I believe most churches in America, at least, uh, have moved to a non-traditional type of service, mostly being online. Some have been doing that drive-in service where they're all pulling up in their cars, but they stay in their cars, and the church does like a little local area uh FM broadcast, and so everyone just listens on their radio. Uh again, that's a beautiful way to do it. Uh some have been doing very, 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 very small groups. Uh, like less than 10, less than five, uh, separated by rooms is really small, like house church type things. Um, but lately we've had a few churches and you've seen them in the news that are just refusing to stop. And look, I understand your desire to be in church. My problem, and it's a problem that I addressed in that song even from last hour, is that when you have that mindset, it really seems like you're more focused on the building. That church has to be in that building or it's not church. The church is not the building. Church cannot be canceled because the church is not the building. The church is not the service time. The church is the people. The building is just a convenient place to meet. And right now, it's a dangerous place to meet. And so if you're in that mindset of, well, we have to have church at this building and we're not going to stop, that's... (sighs) It's kind of a dumb mindset to be in. And I'm not trying to be insulting. I just don't think you're thinking it through. Now, look, yes, numbers are going down. Yes, coronavirus, not nearly as bad as we thought it was, but still is bad. If you are older or if you have an underlying health condition, there are still people dying mostly in those two categories every single day in the hundreds. (coughs) <coughs> and until we're able to really slow this curve and drop everything down really flat as possible, we are in danger of letting hospitals get overrun like they have been in New York. Uh, and it's not a lie. Franklin Graham uh, just came out uh, this weekend on the, the Ben Shapiro Sunday special. Uh, or actually, I think it was on Michael Claven. Uh, Andrew Clavin, whatever his name is, uh, talking about how no, this is a real thing. It's not a hoax. There are they are overrun. Uh, Samaritan's Purse has set up a like a, 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 another hospital outside of a hospital, uh, trying to operate a, uh, and take in the overflow. Uh, I mean, this is a real problem, and it can happen at other places in America if we aren't able to keep this down. So, with that being said. You might have the mindset of, hey, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Or you might have the mindset of, I'm not going to get sick because I'm covered in Jesus' blood. And look, that's great for you. But if you are a silent carrier of this thing and you get somebody else sick or you bring it home with you, you are putting people in danger unnecessarily. So I get that. On the other hand, it's a completely different thing when we are voluntarily voluntarily staying home from church than the government telling us we can't go to church. Because you may have noticed as all these things have happened across the nation uh, slowly, little by little, churches have always been kept in this essential businesses section. Like places of worship are always exempt from all these rules. And here living in New Mexico, our, our governor has been, been following kind of the California method. Like every, every time California makes a move, a couple days later, New Mexico does the same thing. <clears throat> and we've been reading the press releases as they come out uh, as church staff and uh, trying to make sure that we're following all the rules. And, you know, those first few press releases came out, and, you know, it was clearly listed places of worship are exempt from these rules. And then, as they were trying to crack down a little harder, and it was when it was moved to, uh, I think it was 10 people or less, was the recommendation. We couldn't find that in the listed essential businesses. And they had moved it to a weird footnote in another section saying, churches are exempt from these rules. But it was a lot harder to find. And I think that was on purpose, because I think they wanted churches to read it and assume that meant, okay, well, we can't open at all. We can't have service. And that is what it, what happened with us. That was the week our church stopped because we read this. We were told that we needed to cancel and we made moves to cancel and then found out, oh, no, wait. We still could have met this week, but we decided it was still smarter to not meet and we haven't met since. Uh, and then this last weekend, Saturday, right before Sunday, the rules changed again. And I think our governor started freaking out, thinking that there are going to be too many churches who think this is Easter Sunday. We definitely cannot cancel service on Easter Sunday. And they were going to go ahead and open their doors. So she sent out one of those emergency alert text messages, which, you know, you can't put a whole lot in that. And so it basically said, Stay-at-home order in place. Churches are not exempt in big capital letters. And that sent a lot of people off. And I get it. I get it. It's, it, it is a completely different thing to be told that you can't meet as opposed to us making the choice for ourselves. It's kind of along the same lines of, uh, and I don't mean to get super political about it, but it's kind of along the same lines of the arguments that, that Republican Christian Republicans and Christian Democrats have and that Democrats see, you know, well, most of the things that we're doing here, we're, we're taking money, we're giving it to the poor. You know, that's, that's something that we should be able to do. That's something that Christians should espouse to do. We're supposed to give to the least of these and all that. And the Republican uh, Christians you know say yes you 're absolutely right, but it shouldn 't be the government 's job to force us to do that. That should come from our hearts. It should be our decision to give, and it should be at our discretion and so that 's kind of the <clears throat> the argument I remember having that discussion with a, a youth pastor of mine back uh, when I identified as a Republican and he identified as a Democrat, and I think after that discussion, which was the most civil discussion I've ever had, when both parties completely disagreed with each other, at the end of that discussion, we both came to a realization you know, maybe neither of these parties has it right. And we both kind of stopped calling ourselves by a party. You know, I stopped being a Republican after that discussion, he kind of stopped being a Democrat after that discussion. <coughs> But uh, it, it is that. It's that weird line of even if it's something that we should do, the government shouldn't be the one to force us to do it. And uh, it's gotten a little worse lately. Let's see. We've got in Louisiana there is a pastor of a mega church near Baton Rouge. That said, he expected more than 2,000 people to join him on Easter Sunday. I don't know if that church service happened. Uh, there have been several instances where, oh, here it was, uh, Greenville, Mississippi, where they were going to have a a service, and the police showed up to block people from coming in. But what is weird is that... that a lot of mayors and areas are starting to crack down on drive-in services, which makes absolutely no sense to me. You're not getting out of your car. The only people that you're possibly infecting are your family in the car with you, and you're at home with them anyway. You know, if, if the service is strict about you come, you drive, you don't get out of your car, you have your service, but you still kind of worship together in a setting where you can see each other and wave and honk and, and you know feel that community, how can that be bad? virus can't jump through the windows and so uh, the department of justice has actually uh, come out and said that they're going to start monitoring government regulation of religious services because i honestly don't think that technically they're allowed to stop churches from meeting (coughs) look i don't know all the minutia of the constitution and all that but I, i i believe The reason, the main reason why up until this past uh, last couple weeks that everywhere in America has been afraid to say, hey, churches don't do this either. They've just said, you know, churches are exempt but encouraged not to do this. I think it's because they have to be exempt. I think that's part of the religious freedom situation. And so to come and crack down with police and fines and all this kind of stuff, that's a little too authoritarian. And, again, it really comes down to how much of our rights are we willing to give up in light of this situation? And how much are we willing to turn our head when instead of those rights being given up, They're being taken. That's the difficult decision. That's the difficult uh, dichotomy. And I don't have an answer. I just know that I'm grateful it's not being overlooked. Like the Department of Justice is seeing this and seeing, no, this is a problem. And I think that's kind of the boat that we're all in at the moment with, with not just with this, but with, with all of the kind of suspension of certain rights right now is that we're kind of afraid once they start getting taken away, we're not going to get them back. And I, I understand that fear, but I'm not willing to say that I think that that's likely. I'm willing to bet that here in the next few months, things will start to lessen up, but we'll still be kind of on edge Until the vaccine is approved, which looks to still be about a year away. But eventually things will come back down. I feel like it's going to be a lot like 9-11 was. 9-11 happened and we were all very shook. You know, we were very scared by it. Do you remember? I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember the change in the way things were done after 9-11. Especially like in airports. Like, have you ever watched an old movie happening before 9-11 where people are just running in and out of airports, running all over, running to the gate, seeing their loved one goodbye, all this kind of stuff? You can't get that far now unless you have a ticket and a valid government-issued ID that has a star on it, a real ID star. <coughs> you can't make it over there without getting patted down by TSA and, and uh, wanded and x-rayed and, and uh, checking all your, your bits and, and, and just, ooh, that didn't used to be the case. You could take a full water bottle in there with you if you wanted. It's it's been it was a big change that had some lasting effects, but for those first few years everybody was on edge. Everyone was was on edge about everything, but eventually things kind of chilled out. A few things remain in place like the TSA and stuff like that, but for the most part, life kind of returned to normal. And I think that's what's going to happen here. It might take a couple years. Won't be a couple years of this. It won't be a couple years of what we're doing now. But it might take a couple years of maybe no handshakes. Maybe uh, a little better emphasis on hygiene. Maybe a little more focus on uh, keeping ourselves well. But for right now, if you're a church uh, who is really fighting... The idea of not having a physical service. I really encourage you to just consider the fact that this is going to be a temporary measure. And that the church is not the building. And the fact that the, the more you fight like it is. The more that you fight like the building itself is the key foundation of the church body. The more you're giving in to that false idea. it almost becomes a crutch now I understand again not meeting in the building has a lot of drawbacks especially with like giving uh, tithing or offerings or whatever you want to call it I know that's hitting a lot of churches hard because they still have to pay their staff nobody's going to be immune from this is essentially what I'm saying we're all going to have to suffer a little bit but that's okay and we're going to talk about why that's okay at the top of the next hour so stick around join me again here in a little bit as we talk about more of this easter time and covid19 situation and the positive things that we can pull out of it stick around Ugh, oh, Dayquil tastes like straight booty. I mean, what can can I ask a question? Why, why, why are we allowed to put the cherry flavoring in the Nyquil, but we haven't done anything with the Dayquil? It tastes so bad. It tastes so bad. Like, why can't we flavor the Dayquil nice? We don't have to make it cherry, make it grape or something. If you want to keep it a different color, but it's just this just it tastes it tastes it tastes like the word medicine. You know, it just it's it's what you envision. If medicine itself had a taste, it would be Dayquil, and it's gross. Hey everybody, I'm Matt. Welcome back to the morning side hug. Uh, here I am flying solo again because uh, I'm sick, and I don't want to infect Mo. Uh, because I don't want her to catch my cold bronchitis or whatever and then have to go around in this society, grocery shopping, with a cough. Mask on or not, people treat you like you're a leper right now during this COVID-19 scare. <clears throat> I, I, my heart goes out to everybody who has a, uh, a cough from allergies or from a cold or bronchitis right now that does not have corona but nobody on earth will trust you uh for a moment they will treat you like you have the black freaking plague everybody hey you know what <clears throat> we've been talking about easter here on this uh kind of lighter episode of the morning side hug We're talking about easter uh the first hour we talked about kind of the the mindset of ministry leaders um Going into Easter and, and how much we miss having these services and connecting with people face to face. Last hour, we talked about the churches that have been shut down by the government and how, how that can be very worrying. But, but still, at the same time, how it is important for us as churches to make the right decisions here uh, during this time and how the church is not the building. And how we shouldn't really build up a church uh, building so much as the key focus. When the focus is supposed to be on the body of Christ. Us. We are the church. The people. And it is our resolve that's going to be the inspiring thing that we need to pull out of this. And uh, I wanted to talk about this article from uh, Facts and Trends. It's called Easter and COVID-19. Three Reasons the Message Fits the Moment. This is by Daniel Darling. So, it's a, it's a short list. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit of it and talk about it. The first list, uh, first reason that he has of uh, reasons the message fits the moment God hates death. On Good Friday, we pause and ponder the excruciating, unjust death of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we sanitize the cross as if it's a cute symbol of our very cool faith, but the cross was a cruel instrument of Roman execution, a vile and inhumane way to administer punishment. Jesus was beaten so badly he would be unrecognizable, stripped naked and nailed to an ugly piece of wood outside the city. But we pause and ponder this moment because in the death of this innocent innocent man is the death of death. We must remember that God hates death. In First Corinthians 15, we're told death is the final foe, an evil that has marbled its way through creation and infected human hearts since Eden. Death brings viruses and violence, murder, and medical tragedies. Sometimes Christians paper over death as if it was a, just a window into eternity. But we see that Jesus wept <coughs> and was angry at death when he peered over and looked in on the corpse of his friend Lazarus. Good Friday reminds us just how much God hates death and all of its diabolical cousins like coronavirus. This Friday, uh, this past Friday, when we read of Jesus's gasping words, it is finished. We know that in his agony is the hope that one day, not long from now, viruses like COVID-19 will lose their sting. But it's also a reminder that there will be suffering on this earth. <clears throat> suffering is just a a fact of life. We're going to have it here. But in that sense, just like Jesus used death to defeat death, God uses suffering. God uses pain. God uses struggle like this to do amazing, powerful things. We talked about uh, what my friend Kyle Bierman said, that, that God... It, very well could be using this moment where most churches would be closed inside their buildings on a Sunday. But now because of this coronavirus, churches that have never even turned on a a, a laptop before are broadcasting the gospel message on Facebook. So many churches touching so many people that it's, in, it's impossible that someone's going to go on Facebook and not see the gospel somewhere in their timeline. It's impossible. My friend said that we might be reaching more people than ever. Yesterday. last On Easter. Because of this. This is something good that God could be pulling from our suffering right now. And ultimately that's what we want, right? More people hearing the good news. More people saved for eternity. Not saved right now here on this earth (coughs) number two on this list of three reasons why the message of easter fits the moment of our COVID 19 thing is that jesus was alone so you will never be alone the most tragic reality of this moment is that many are forced to be alone in the most trying of times funerals where loved ones can't gather to mourn loss beside bedsides empty where those gasping for air denied comforting touch and elderly are isolated from meaningful community and friends we're intensely social creatures not made for isolation and yet we can see in the agony of jesus in his dying moments a true loneliness we don't have to experience jesus the blame of humankind's worst evil thrust upon his sagging shoulders Felt the cold shoulder of the father who turned his face away. Jesus was alone so you would never be alone and could enjoy communion with the one who created you. Jesus felt the sting of isolation so you could be baptized into a body of believers in heaven and earth. Jesus took upon himself your sins so you can enjoy intimacy with your father I don't want to make this trite and pretend to erase the crushing weight of loneliness that's gripping people across the country. It's real and you're right to lament your situation. But we're not without slivers of hope. There is one who broke through the sting of death, who defeated sin, and who ushers you into communion with God. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. And that's absolutely true. (coughs) Pardon me. They're, they're, part of my testimony is that I, my family has dealt with clinical depression. It's like a generational thing. We just, we just all get it at some point. I got it really early on. I was suicidal at 13 years old. I had so many friends, so many connections, so many people that loved me, and I couldn't see it. Because I had let myself talk myself out of being loved. It's a real thing. And there are people out there who really are unloved by the people around them. But there is always love in the heart of Christ, in the body of Christ. The church is here to love the unlovable, to love the unloved, to love the lost, to love the hurting. You do not ever have to be alone. And this is kind of giving us a new focus, a new mission field to reach out to people online as our main outreach. It's new territory for a lot of us. In fact, I dare say that many of us thought for a long time had this mindset that that was the least of our concerns. That if you really wanted to touch the heart of people, you needed to go where they were. You needed to be in their presence. And now we're seeing how vast this mission field really is on social media. And how so many people are more willing to talk with that wall of separation, that computer screen or that phone screen, that would never open up and discuss things face-to-face. Because we feel so isolated. In fact, there was a lot of stuff that happened before I got involved with Celebrate Recovery that made me feel better. And all of that took place from a distance, over the phone, over a computer screen. A lot of conversations that I had, a lot of uh, realizations that God gave me, all happened from someone who was at a distance. Because sometimes we just need to sneak that love in through a digital method. And now we're all getting this training, all getting this training in this mission field. Lastly, on this list of three reasons the message of Easter fits the moment. (coughs) Pardon me, of our social isolation? isolation, is that Jesus rose again, and so will all who know him. This is where our theology gets real. To the grief-stricken sisters of Lazarus who succumbed to death, Jesus gave this promise in John eleven twenty-five: 25. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Jesus isn't only saying that he would rise again. He would and he did. Jesus is saying more than that. He is the resurrection. He is the life. When he walked out of that borrowed tomb three days later, he put death to death. It meant that the curse that takes mothers and fathers, husbands and wives, children and grandchildren, co-workers and neighbors, isn't eternal. It's hard to see it now in a week filled with fatality rates. But if the resurrection really happened, then it means this reality isn't forever. This, there's a new world coming a new creation too often on easter we only celebrate the fact that jesus came to save our souls he did but he also came to liberate our bodies from death easter is the sign that a new world is coming that one day god will take the rotted dust particles ravaged by disease and decay and will reconstitute them into real physical bodies fit for eternity the cycle of pain and sadness viruses and death has an expiration date This is the reality of Easter, and this is why, of all years and all days, the message we preach matters. God doesn't need colored plastic eggs and helicopter drops to get the attention of the world, and he doesn't need our best laid plans to make the gospel relevant in the midst of a crisis where death is on our minds. Easter is the balm we need. Daniel Darling, my goodness, that was so good. This is an article, by the way, Uh, if you missed it at the beginning of this hour, article from factsandtrends.net by Daniel Darling. It's called Easter and COVID 19 Three Reasons the Message Fits the Moment. And they're all perfect. I don't even have anything to add to that last one. So good. So good. So meaningful. Go check out all of it. There's more to the article at the beginning that I didn't get to. I didn't want to read the whole thing. Go to factsandtrends.net. Check out that article for yourself. Uh, Facts and Trends is a place that we go to a lot for content because they are always super on point, guys. Super on point. (coughs) Man. Everybody, I love you. And this time stinks. It really does. But God is moving much more than we realize right now. He is doing things in the hearts of men and women that we would have never thought could come from this crisis that we're in right now. So stop lamenting about yourself. If you are a believer right now and you're more worried about When you can open the church doors back up than you are about how God can use you in this moment, flip the script, rethink, reevaluate what you're doing with your faith right now. Because right now, God is giving you a golden opportunity to reach people in a new, brilliant, and frankly, a lot easier way. You don't have to go to Kenya, you know? You can sit on your computer and reach into the hearts and souls of people and show them the mercy, the grace, the love of our God. Or you can complain. And look, I'm not saying there's never a time to complain. I've complained a lot during this time. There is a time to complain. There's a time to laugh. Go share memes, man. Laugh it up. Have a good old time. That in itself can be a ministry. But there's also a time to really be serious about this. Pray for God to give you opportunities to reach people that you've never thought you could reach online, on social media. Be the church actively in this new world. And that way, when the doors do open again, You might see more and more faces that have never been in your building before because they have already joined your church body before the doors even opened because you were faithful faithful to the message of the moment God and His love are still here not in two months not after we get a vaccine love is here love is now stick around I will be back in just a little bit to close out the show Welcome back to the morning side hug as we close out our show for the day. Uh, I want to give you a Bible verse for the day. But first, let me share with you something that I love. Right now, I love my church family. And I talked about it a lot at the beginning of the service, beginning of the service, beginning of the show. Uh, but I've been involved in this church for over 20 years. Since, uh, since 1999, I joined the youth group, I stayed, I met my, my girlfriend and then future wife here, I got married here, I got saved here, I raised my kids here. I'm in the midst of that right now. I've gone through, this is the third pastor of this church I've been here for. I've been in several different positions. I've seen members come and go. I've seen friends come and go. I've seen the tough times. I've seen the really good times. I've seen how this church can love someone back to health firsthand because there was a time when I was a broken mess and I had royally messed up my life to the point it could have been unfixable by anyone else other than Jesus and it took this church to hold me up to show me that path to bring me back give me another chance and help me rebuild my life into something worthwhile (coughs) into something that God could use I'm so grateful to be a part of this church family my church Highland Baptist Church in Clovis, New Mexico not a big church, never has been, probably never will be, but it's certainly home. And I miss them right now. I really do. I miss seeing them every single week. Look, I'm an introvert. I joke all the time about how I hide in the sound booth during handshaking time. I have a hard time remembering people's names. And so that, that makes me Uh, Not want to talk to people to begin with because I'm afraid I'm going to insult them. But all that really doesn't mean anything right now. All I want is to see people here. I am here right now. I'm in the church right now recording this. I was here yesterday for Easter. And to be here on Easter and there be four people in the building... It stings. But I'm not going to let that get me down. The church is alive. God is here. Love is here. I'm going to be faithful in this time of trial. And God will be faithful to us. Bible verse for the day. Psalm 46, 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. No matter what the calamity, no matter what the world is going through, God is our strength. No matter what trouble may come our way, God is our refuge. Remember that. Keep that in your hearts. Thank you for joining me this morning. There is a back row morning show every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mo and I typically bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. They've been doing a lot of good stuff on the church nerds lately. These last few episodes have been, you know, (coughs) quarantine-themed. Pardon me. Uh, Two weeks ago, they did one on... uh, well, three Fridays ago, they did one on, on how to stay entertained and how to stay uh, active in quarantine. Uh, two Fridays ago, they did how to uh, battle your parental lethargy <laughs> during this isolation time. And uh, last week, they talked about how to how to not and then how to better run an online uh, community and uh, all of those fantastic topics for the situation that we're in right now so I recommend you go binge listen to those if you haven't yet Uh, coming up these next couple days we'll be doing some best ofs Matt and Mo as I said at the beginning of the show uh, I have now finished adding all of our back catalog of morning shows from the very beginning the first show Mo and I did was called the back row morning show and we did nearly 200 episodes of that. And so we've added nearly all of those to our uh, podcast feeds now. And you should be able to find them on the Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcast feeds. Um, there's a lot. <coughs> now that I've added those, we're well over 200 episodes uh, on that feed. So I'm sure you don't have time for all that. But... We're going to do you a little bit of a favor and put some best ofs together and pull some of our best discussions and bits out of that and let you hear some of those old shows. And, you know, that might inspire you to maybe make time to go back and listen to those old episodes. Uh, hopefully, Mo and I will be back together doing some new stuff really soon. Uh, it feels like every time we start to get going, something else pops up. That uh, stalls us a bit. And so I apologize for that. I apologize for the lack of new content. But I'm sure, at least in this instance, you understand where we're at. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates and for more fun stuff, at Back Row Radio. And, uh, of course, join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church. Uh, you can get there really easily by typing in backrowbaptist.com. Uh, never been a better time to join the Facebook community. Because we're there all the time, and hey, you need a little bit of hilarity in your life. We're almost at 6,000 members, which is nuts. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Most of those have joined just in the last year. Uh, again, our free podcast for The Morning Side Hug is up and ready to go. Uh, and if you love what we do here at The Morning Side Hug and Backrow Radio as a whole, we'd ask that you please consider partnering with us at backrowradio.com slash There are several different tiers and different rewards and incentives, but just by committing to donating at least $1 a month, if not more, you'll get into our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and you'll get into our private podcast feed where you'll get our exclusive Throwback Thursday episodes and other bonus content, including several of the back catalog Throwback Thursday episodes that we have added just in the past couple weeks, which are still, (coughs) goodness gracious, still exclusive. to our Patreon donors. So again, that's backweradio.com slash partner for as little as a dollar a month. Your donation will go a long way in helping us keep this station going and growing. That's it for the show. Uh, we'll be back with the best of tomorrow. We hope you'll be too. Uh, once again, I'm Matt and for Mo remember that Jesus loves you. If you see us around, we'd love a side hug.
1: Bye!